let's get it going on the Arrowhead Attic podcast, a part of ArrowheadAttic.com and the fan-sided podcasting network. We're back this week to talk all about the coronavirus and how it impacts the NFL, as well as some Chiefs news and notes from the past week. I'm Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And you can let me know over there any topics or questions you may have about the Chiefs or want to hear me discuss as we're kind of in the pre-dead period for the offseason right now. There's not much going on, but we still have the draft to look forward to. But once the draft is over with, it's going to be uh, quite a while before we have a lot of news. So any questions or random wacky topics about life or football in general would be awesome to have from you guys on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. So I want to talk about the coronavirus and how it impacts the NFL because like many of you, I'm sure I did not um, really consider the, the possibility that this could impact the NFL season. I mean, it's not scheduled to start until September 10th. And at the time when we first were kind of figuring all this out in February and things like that, it didn't seem like it would get to the point where football was in jeopardy. Basketball, sure. Hockey, sure. College sports, sure. Uh, even baseball. But it felt like the NFL was out of reach for the coronavirus. Now, it doesn't feel quite that way. It feels like we're closer than we think to the season getting altered in some way. Now, the NFL has came out and said that they're going to keep everything business as usual and do not plan to delay the season at all, but that's easy to say right now as we're still forecasting uh, quite a ways out. Uh, but it's it's getting uh, scary out there, especially in the real world, but also in the, in the NFL world of, of how they're going to deal with this. The one thing that football has going for them is that they can play football any time of the year. You can play football in any weather condition. You do play football in every weather condition outside of thunder and lightning. Once the lightning hits, we stop playing football. But other than that, we're good to go. Maybe a tornado. But other than that, we're good to go. So football has that luxury of being a sport that that endures all weather. So if there's a delay from, say, September to November, it's fine. Now, it won't be ideal because, again, it throws off the next cycle as well, but you'd be fine. Let's talk first about the draft, though, because there's a lot of different ways you can take this. So let's just focus on the draft right now. Number one, it's no longer going to be held in Vegas. So the draft will be done remotely uh, in all facets. There'll be no green room. There'll be no you know media there. The media will be remote. Uh, even the GMs and their war room will be remote, which is kind of odd. Of course, there's no private workouts. There's no pro days. There's no things like that. There's no last-second in-person interviews. All interviews and things like that will be done via Zoom, Skype, and all the other resources, FaceTime. So that's interesting to me. How does it impact Kansas City as a, as a city itself? They were slated to schedule, They were slated to host the 2023 NFL Draft. You would assume that the NFL is not just going to take this draft away from Vegas entirely. I think that what will happen, well, Vegas will get the draft next year, and everyone just, else just falls back. So Kansas City falls back to 2024. Uh, that's what I would assume. I don't think that they would just take this totally away from Vegas, especially Vegas being a destination, Vegas being a place that people want to go already. Throw in a, a guy's trip to the NFL draft or a girl's trip to the NFL draft or just a trip in general to Vegas for the NFL draft, and everyone involved wants that to happen. 
the NFL and the city of Vegas and things like that. So what are the problems with having the NFL draft on April 23rd through the 25th? There, there seems to be two sides of this. One side is to the extreme of this is great. This is awesome. This is exactly what we need right now as a society. The other side is to the extreme of how dare they do this? How dare they move on? How dare they host a draft while we're in the midst of a global pandemic? And I always say on the show, the truth often can be found in the middle. Is it a awful thing that the NFL is doing right now? Is it just totally awful that they're trying to march on business as usual? No. Because the free agency show we did, the the breaking news signings, the trades, that was an escape. That was a, a small portion of this quarantine that felt normal. Talking about Tom Brady, talking about, you know, Byron Jones, who you would never talk about in your daily life, but since we're so depressed and so deprived for sports, we, we can go an hour on the Dolphins sign, signing Byron Jones. So the NFL draft for those three days can be looked at as a huge escape for people who desperately need it right now. People who are dealing with things that they've never dealt with in their life before, an economy and a, and a world that's dealing with something that, that most of us have never, ever, 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 ever seen. So the NFL carrying on as normal is not a terrible thing. It's not insensitive to anyone, but it's also not perfect. And no, I don't care about the interviews. If Brett Veach talks to somebody on FaceTime or talks to someone at Arrowhead Drive, I don't care. You get the same result. Talking to somebody is talking to somebody is talking to somebody. You can ask a guy if he prefers the color red or blue over Zoom or over Skype or over the the traditional phone. You can do it on a rotary phone for all I care. I don't really care about the workouts either because a lot of times those do more damage than good for both parties. You either fall in love with a player over workouts that doesn't have good, that does not have good film or a guy who has great film performs poorly in non-football activity drills and gets, you know, his stock plummeted and falls down the leaderboards, even though he deserves to be drafted high. So I don't care about that either. The really, really the only shameful part of this is for those players who wanted to be in the green room because for better or worse, they will not get that opportunity. Now they will not get to be on TV, go shake Roger Goodell's hand, have that moment, have that, you know, that, that, that memory forever on the bright side, you're not going to have the Aaron Rodgers memory forever or the Lamar Jackson memory forever. So, you know, it kind of bounces out there, but you do feel bad for the guys that really wanted to go and really wanted to experience that. Cause I would want to experience that if I was going to be a first round pick for sure, I'd want to go. Uh, it's just another thing that's taken away from the coronavirus. And it also hurts Vegas. You know, that was going to be a huge money generating opportunity for Vegas. I mean, that place would have been incredible. You're welcoming in your own franchise. You're welcoming in millions of people who would want to just go be debaucherous in Vegas for a weekend while, while they're watching Roger Goodell read off a cue card of what name from you know South Dakota State University is getting drafted, who you've never seen play before, but hey, you're in Vegas. So it would have been huge for their economy. 
It would have been huge, huge for the NFL as well. I mean, you're moving product that weekend. You're getting people. It, once you can get people to the draft, you're going to have your little boost of merchandise and things like that set up to where you're also ben, uh, benefiting from that economically as well. So you lose all that. But in general, I don't see a problem with moving on to the draft and, and carrying it on as normal. I think that the only thing that needs to change here, really, which it probably will, I haven't seen anything official of this as we're recording this podcast on April 1st, is that they probably need more time on the, on the draft clock. You probably need to give GMs more time. If I'm having to coordinate a huge Zoom meeting with a hundred of my scouts and directors and coaches and GMs and owners, if I'm having to do all this on Wi-Fi with a webcam on Zoom, I'm going to need more than two minutes to get our pick ready, maybe wheel and deal on the phone a little bit, try to make a trade happen. I'm going to need some more time. In general, this is fine to, to continue the draft the way it is and, and, and just keep going, keep chugging along on the NFL draft. Let's face it, it's going to do great on TV. Um, right now, we're, we're probably already running out of content to watch. I mean, if you're like me and you've been quarantined for about three weeks now, so you're probably already starting to, to get tired of watching the news and watching you know Netflix and things like that. So a, a break from this and an escape will be good. I think that it'll do amazing numbers as it always does, uh, but I think it'll do even better. Uh, one simple reason is that we're not going to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the draft anymore. So you're going to get each individual household rating. And then also people who would not otherwise be interested, but are interested in the NFL or sports in general, probably going to tune in, probably going to tune in and just, and just check it out because again, there's nothing else on. So in general, the draft is fine. Continue it the way it is. Um, I can see where some people are upset, I guess, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, and in terms of impacting the talent pool or impacting decisions or impacting um, how the draft shakes out because of the fact that there's no interviews, because of the fact that there's no workouts, I just don't see it. Maybe with Tua, you can make an argument because you have not gotten your hands on Tua and his medical reports and with your own doctors and with your own uh, workouts and things. But other than Tua, uh, maybe there's some guys like that as well, but you know, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. Maybe it will impact a lot of guys who have medical issues, uh, but I think that there's going to be some workarounds to that. Uh, not in the sense of you're going to actually see them, but maybe exchange uh, medical details with teams. But, you know, the biggest concern for the season is not the draft. So let's move on from the draft. It's going to continue on like normal. It's going to be a huge ratings bonanza. You, me, and everyone else will watch it. You'll come back to this podcast, I hope, to listen to us break down the NFL draft. The real concern is going to be the regular season. So Donald Trump has extended social distancing until the end of April, at least. And that will be a generous, um, a generous marker, I think. I don't know that we're going to be ready to go May 1st. I think that we're going to be social distancing at least until June, maybe the end of June. Toronto has put a placement of no social gatherings and events until June 30th. Now, I don't think that that includes pro events, they said, which is kind of strange to me. So I guess it would be only concerts and like restaurants, maybe? I don't know. Uh, but exclu excluding pro sports is kind of weird from that. I guess they're leaving it up to the league to decide when they want to return. Uh, but in general, I don't think that we're going to be done with this whole social distancing thing uh, on April 30th. I think that we're going to be doing this until maybe June or mid-June. Uh, so... 
what does that mean? I think that's going to delay the OTA periodically. You're not going to get that OTA uh, portion. I mean, these first-year hires, these first-year coaches, uh, Ron Rivera, Mike McCarthy, guys like that, they were going to get going here in like two weeks, I think, or three weeks. Um, you know, right after the draft, you get you get started and, and you get to go. That's the benefit of being a first-year head coach. You get, to, you get to go and and see your team and be with your team earlier. That's not going to happen now. I mean, that just can't happen. Does training camp get delayed? Because you desperately need training camp, not only for your first-year coach, but anyone. I mean, Tom Brady just joined a new team. You need that training camp period. While it seems silly sometimes, especially for a team like the Chiefs, who've been together and have Andy Reid and, and have that camaraderie, but a lot of these teams need it, and they need to get back into shape. They need to get familiar with each other. They need to get the same timing down. They need to get in their playbook. They need to learn new schemes. That's where that's really where you do all your learning and your adjusting. I mean, week to week in the NFL is it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, a couple of light practices, a walk through, and here we go. We're gonna play again. So training camps where the money is made in the sense of we're gonna install everything possible that we might need to go to, and you'll need to remember this from from now until the Super Bowl. And so if that gets delayed or cut short, that'll be very detrimental. And then the last question is. Is September 10th safe? I mean, we saw that the Royals moved their game from September 10th, uh, which was a Thursday, which is whenever the NFL season typically opens, uh, into a doubleheader on Tuesday with the A's uh, that week. Now, who knows if that game happens anymore. But, so we found out that way that that's how the NFL is going to start, and they're going to start on September 10th in Arrowhead. The opponent, of course, is two to be determined. I believe the schedule's come out in May, uh, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, but, is that date safe? And I don't know. I mean, again, going back to the first thing about now experts are, experts are saying that we might not be able to return to normal, normalcy until we have a vaccine. I don't think that we can go on September 10th with a vaccine. I mean, a vaccine takes a long time to develop. You've got to figure it out first. You've got to run testing. You've got to get approved. And you've got to disperse it. How how can all that get done by September 10th. If I had to predict, I would say that we're good to go still. If you told me I, I had to bet right now, September 10th, we're starting or not starting the NFL, I'm going to still say we're starting the NFL on September 10th. But I'm not as certain as I once was. Again, when this first started trickling out in February, when this first started getting serious to a lot of people in February, I thought, yeah, NFL, yeah, NHL. I mean, yeah, NBA, yeah, NHL, yeah, MLB, but not the NFL. The NFL's safe. That's too far out. The NFL's safe. I still think we're good to go on the NFL side of things, but it's getting dicier by the day. It's getting more concerning by the day. So that'll be interesting to follow along, and we'll keep you updated right here on the Arrowhead Addict Podcast as well as arrowheadaddict.com and the Fan Sided Podcasting Network. So let's transition into some actual NFL news, some actual Chiefs news, starting with the fact that the Lions have signed Reggie Ragland. Uh, many people had a love-hate relationship with Reggie Ragland. I thought that he was never as bad as some people thought, uh, and he was never, you know, never really overrated, but I think he was underrated by some people. He was a fine linebacker. He shouldn't have been a starting linebacker uh, for any portion of time, really. Uh, but nonetheless, he's now in Detroit, and this just signals the need for linebackers. I mean, in this draft, you have to figure out and draft and hit on a linebacker. 
I would love to see them get Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. I mean, that would be my ideal prospect in this draft is Kenneth Murray. This draft, though, has to be focused linebacker heavy to me if you're Kansas City. Um, you know, you can get by with that secondary thanks to Honey Badger being so versatile. Even though you lost Kendall Fuller, uh, hopefully Juan Thornhill gets back and, and, and rounds in to hit the same form he was once in as a rookie. You love Traverius Ward now. I mean, so you've got three guys right there who are ready to go. The good thing about linebacker and the good thing about being a good team, you know, for any position, is not only can you address this in the draft, but there's going to be a ton of veterans, of course, who get cut every year there is. And now they're going to see the Chiefs as a destination. You already saw that starting to happen last year, but especially now, they're going to be seen as a destination. They, they, they proved it defensively, that Spags knows what he's doing, that they have the talent in Frank Clark and in Chris Jones, and again, Tyron Matthew. Shavirus Ward is even making a name for himself. Thornwell made a name for himself. So you're going to want to join that core as well as, of course, the offense. So the benefit here is veterans who get released are going to be lining up to join the Chiefs at every position, but especially positions of needs who are going to be on the field. So you're going to have your pick of the litter here. And that's very good considering that the Chiefs have the lowest salary cap in the NFL. And that was reported last week. I'm not concerned about it because the salary cap to me is a myth. I mean, you can just move and shake those numbers and move a decimal here and there and you're fine. Especially considering that the Chiefs, unlike some teams on this low end, do still have options remaining for them to clear up space. What are you going to do with Sammy Watkins, for example, is a big one. Uh, I think that due to this salary cap, though, situation, it's becoming more and more unlikely that we see the Chiefs draft at 32. I think that we're going to see them trade down, trade out of the first round, and accue more picks. Get more picks on their side because picks equal good young talent. On the cheap. And that's the most important part. Good, young, and cheap talent. And if you trust Brett Veach and you trust Andy Reid, which you should, to draft playmakers and guys who are important in the second and later rounds, you should be rooting for them to trade out of the first round. I know it's not sexy. I know it's not fun. I know no one loves the fact to wait 32 picks plus to see their team on the clock. No one likes not being involved on Thursday night. On prime time in the NFL draft, no one likes that. But due to the salary cap situation, due to the amount of players you need to pay and retain, you're going to need a ton of cheap talent, and the draft is the way to do it. And right now, they only have like five picks. So you trade out of the first round, pick up a couple more, and then you've got to hit. you got to get. You got to find another Juan Thornhill. you got to find another Mecole Hartman. Not necessarily wide receivers and safeties, but you know what I mean. Guys like that in the later rounds. You know, in the second round, in the third round. Trading out of the first round should at least net you a second and a fourth probably. Something like that. And then you can just tack that on to your pile of picks. The last thing I want to talk about today. Not a lot of news. Not a lot of news since our last show. The last thing I want to talk about today is Demarcus Robinson returning on the league minimum for one year. I'm surprised that nobody went out of their way to grab him. I'm surprised that nobody made him an offer that uh, he couldn't refuse. I'm surprised nobody even made him a dumb offer. But he'll be back, and I think that if if we can all agree, Sammy Watkins won't be, which at this point, again, is looking dicey that, that he might be back. But right now I still think that he's not going to be back. So if we can all agree that Sammy Watkins will not be on this team come week one, Demarcus Robinson is going to get a huge shot and, and a huge opportunity this year 
with Patrick Mahomes and this offense. So him signing a one-year deal makes sense. I think that he hits the open market next year, and I think next year's the year that the Chiefs lose out on Demarcus Robinson. I think he takes this year to shine and to, and to show teams what he can do, and then he'll be gone. But for now, he's back. So that's pretty much it for the Arrowhead Attic Podcast this week. Again, I'm Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Also in the description of this podcast. So subscribe to the show wherever you may get it. Leave a review on iTunes, preferably five stars on iTunes. Let us know what you think about the show over there. You can let me know on Twitter as well. Any topics you want to hear me discuss, any questions you may have about the Chiefs moving forward. Uh, It's been fun covering the Chiefs for almost a year now, exactly a year now, I think. Uh, on the Aerodeck podcast, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I think I thank everyone you know who's joined me along the way on the show and also listened at home. We're, we have plans to make this show even better in the future, and I cannot wait. So again, thank you all for listening. Be good and be good to one another, and we'll see you next week on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, a part of the Fanside Podcasting Network and ArrowheadAttic.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.